0: Hi, this is Cameron.
1: And my name is Jorge Luis.
0: Today, we're going to hear the second part of Natalia's story.
1: Thanks for being with us, and let's hear it now.
0: Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. This is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador.
1: And I am the coordinator of teams and training for e Equals H down here in Ecuador as well.
0: Which means we want teams to come because you're the coordinator of yes, teams and training. <laughs> Probably not this summer, but close enough. We'll, and if we'll And
1: if we don't have teams, we will have trainings. So you can still join us and do trainings for us.
0: That is true. That is true. Gosh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to all those trainings that you're doing down here, Jorjita Luis and wow. around the world, Education Equals Hope exists to yes. help provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. It is a micro scholarship program.
1: And what a huge pleasure and a blessing it is for us to get to see not just what we do, but what God does wherever we are excited, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. that's what's bringing us to the second part of this amazing, amazing, shocking
0: uh, Just wonderful story. Just wonderful, wonderful story of God's provision. Mm -hmm. So here we are in part two of Natalia's story. To refresh you, if it's been a skinny minute since you heard part one, um, Natalia and her husband and two children... Uh, were trafficked into the country of Ecuador. They were under persecution from a terrorist group Mm -hmm. in a country in the Middle East where they are from. And they came to Ecuador about three years ago. They were trafficked into Ecuador. And the people, the Coyotes who trafficked them, um, disappeared with all their documentation, um, resources. uh, And they were just left in a country where they don't speak the language. They don't have any resource. They weren't supposed to be here. They don't have a support network or a community. And in fact, we're um, fearful of the community of people from their home country, because uh, I had a conversation with Natalia this week um, that went something like, if anyone finds out we're here, they just go to the embassy of our country. They tell them that we're here, they come find us and they kill us. Uh And I was like, what? That's not how I roll. That's not how I roll. What?
1: And it looks like it's, it sounds incredible for us, but it's a reality but it's in many a reality. countries, mm-hmm. and it's her reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so she and her husband and two kids uh, came to this country and we're making baby steps, putting one foot in front of the other. Um, they got involved with a church that was not Cristo Liberador. It was another church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I have actually I need to correct something from the last... Um, podcast, I said that um, Natalia's husband died in February. It wasn't February. It was like March 12th. Okay. And then the pandemic lockdown started here March 17th.
1: Wow. So it's almost a year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So then um, and in her culture, um, the Middle Eastern culture, uh, uh, women still have very little power in a lot of situations and our men must speak for them. And must um, protect them. And so without a husband being a widow, um, it was a big, uh, well, I mean, there's, there's just the grief of losing of your life partner and finding yourself alone yeah. in, a, in a foreign country where you don't speak the language with your two young children that mm-hmm. you want to do everything for, but you have no idea w- what to do or how things work. Mm-hmm. So that's where we left off the story last time, mm-hmm. um, and we had said that Reverend Lourdes had invited Natalia, and who, to, to, who hurt two children, <laughs> excuse me, uh, to come live at the church. And just um, in the past week since we recorded the first episode, it uh, I had the opportunity to speak with some of our dear friends at Crisor Lirador, and they yeah. reminded me of God's provision. Yes. And really, God's provision is God's love, right? How God manifests God's love for us is through that provision. And one of the things that had escaped me was the fact that, Lord, this is a female pastor, a female Mm -hmm. priest. Had she been a male priest, it would have been completely inappropriate for her to invite uh, Natalia and the two children to come live at the church. And Natalia would not have accepted it. That would, would have uh, been yeah. so awkward. Yeah, yeah. And so, just even the provision of knowing who to connect with who at the exact moment to bring relief yeah. um, and to show that love. So, just God's provision, God's love through uh, just Lord this being Lord this, <laughs> um, and also through equals H that we. Got to come alongside that Lord. This yeah. knew us knows us and knew to trust us to say, hey, how do we how do we solve this? And that we were able to put the resources behind Lord. This to go figure out how to get these kids in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a two month process trying to figure out where how to enroll these children in public school in Ecuador. And Lord, this went to office after office after office. There was p- pandemic issues. They're, there's no documentation. They have no legal refu- refugee status. They had mm-hmm. to figure out that in order to get a legal identification piece so that then they could be legally uh, accepted and enrolled into a school. But this wow. school doesn't have any openings. Ugh. Go try that school. <laughs> that school doesn't have any either. Go yeah. try that third. I mean, it took, it was a full-time job for almost two months just Definitely. doing the hard work. And that's one of our... Um, our core values in educationals hope is responsive grit. Just mm-hmm. doing what, doing the hard things that have to be done to get reasonable things accomplished, like putting two young children into school. Yes, um, and
1: I feel that the entire situation of Natalia's family was a project itself. Um, it's not? Yeah. It's such mm-hmm. a heavy situation with all of the grief and all what was going on that it. It's not like we can just extend our hand and say, hey, this is what you need. No, you need to be with her and be with their family and take, take all of those details. Mm-hmm. The, of course, they have been uh, trafficked for so long and living in hard situations for so long that they also needed like medical support.
0: Yes. And mm-hmm.
1: Lourdes, that's what she did. She yep. took them as a project. And that's the blessing of working with people, mm-hmm. that you don't just have projects for people. Those people are the most important project that you 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 ever have. I mean, they're more
0: than a project, right? They're more than a project. They're They're just... But we get to pour into the very lives and beings of the people that God brings across. And it's so important
1: that we can take any other project away from the table and Mm -hmm. say, this is the most important Important thing. thing Right now. That's what Lourdes did,
0: right? That is. That is what she did. So God's provision through through Lourdes, who equals H through the fact that the chop of the cross, shout out, um, had helped Cristo Liberador start Mm -hmm. this micro mercado, more market out of mm-hmm. the church um, that gave uh, Natalia a job, that there was a place to plug her in, something beneficial that she could do, have income coming in, but not only that, had the dignity yes. of a job and being able to feel like she is doing something for her family. She's not just living on handouts. Yeah, Huge, huge provision there. And of course, just even the place to live. <laughs> just <laughs> We're just seeing God's provision over and over and and God's love in that. I, just to remind myself, and to you, and to all of us who are listening, that when we see God's the tiny details of life that God orchestrates in phenomenal ways, to remember to to interpret that as the tangible way that God loves us and shows up in in our daily uh-huh. our daily existence, even in the really hard times. So there's that first, <laughs> like <laughs> they're bringing us back up yes. into all of um, what this story has brought us so far. But then our, our dear friends that we talked about, they have become dear friends, of Ricky and yep. Monica, that show up with their eight kids and their friend Valeria and this team of 11. Yeah. 10, 10 in the family plus the one <laughs> Valeria. And all, that, all the tiny details that were in their life that intersected in this story in miraculous ways. And that's why we yes. keep coming back to that word Yes. that they, that Valeria and Monica both had had dreams with the name of the home country of Natalia. Had yes. it been any other country or neighboring country, or it, it would not have had the impact that it had when I said, hey, do you know anything about helping this family get to Canada? But they're from this country, X in the Middle East, and they need some help. And just the detail in that, the detail of um that they have the heart to come to move yes. eight children and three special needs. The detail that they when I was <laughs> I I was joking that I was trying to discourage them from coming at this time. <laughs> yes. Of uh, course. But it was the perfect timing not only for whatever was was going on In their life and their home, and when they could get away and take vacation time and move their family to come do mission for a week. But they got back to the United States two days before it was required to have a PCR test to return to the US. Wow. And can you imagine trying to take three children with special needs and just strap them down to have a PCR? And here in Ecuador, let me tell you, the PCRs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy, not fun. It's not up your nose, it's
0: back of your nose, and it tickles the top of your mouth, and it is. It's not pleasant. (laughs) That's what my son is most worried about. We're we're trying to figure out if we can travel this summer. He's like, I don't want to take a PCR. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. You can do hard things. Um, But having their opportunity to come at this exact time, that was the benefit for their family, that people were coming around, the resources that they provided. I mentioned in the other podcast that they had a mattress and a bed. Yeah. And I realize that most people therefore assume that they're sheets and blankets,
1: well, yeah, but you're right. There, That's there, what you will assume.
0: There were not. They no. Even, even living at the church, they had uh, a, a blanket, some a blanket thing that covers the mattress, and then one that they slept on top of. But there are no sheets, and so yes. that that Monica and Ricky were able to bring sheets and and towels and some of those things that we all take for granted. I take for granted. Can't be for everybody. They didn't
1: have pillows.
0: Didn't have pillows. They mm-hmm. would
1: use like any clothes. Uh, thing that they could and just put it a little bit like, like a bowl and, and sleep in yep. that because they didn't have pillows.
0: There might be some chiropractors listening saying, hey, that's a great idea, no pillows. <laughs> 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 gosh darn, they're comfortable when you're sleeping on your side. Yes. Um, and then the other thing that really stuck out to me, the God's provision and faithfulness, the, just the the love. So um, Ricky and Monica and Valeria and the eight kids show up on a Tuesday afternoon mm-hmm. and or morning you and morning. I got to be there and and help and create start create this connection and as we're they we've done some official introductions and talking and trying to figure out now what is the story like what's really going on here who yes. are you really why did you come all this what way what are we
1: actually doing here what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have traveled a long way to be here so <laughs> what um we've got some good plans but It's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to live it and to do it. And Monica told me this story, I think that you'll remember, that she said... Ricky and I were driving down the road, and we were talking about coming, and we were talking about mm-hmm. Natalia and her children, and just how heavy the burden was on our hearts for this mom and these two children. Um, there are plenty of widows, unfortunately. There are plenty of children in need, but for whatever reason, God was uniting these two families, okay. one from Florida and one from the Middle East. And uh, apparently, Monica's telling this story. She says, Ricky looks at me and says, Monica, I hope you understand that what I say when I say I Feel like Natalia is my wife and these are my kids. Like that's how strong I feel. True. And Monica just laughed. She's like, that would sound really, really weird to anybody who was listening. Of
1: course, of course.
0: Except that God had already confirmed that in her, <laughs> so that she could go, hey, that makes complete sense, and I completely support you and support our family, um, encouraging this other family. And it, for me, it is a just an incredible reminder that we are not supposed... The golden rule is love Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yes, yes. But Christ gave us another rule. He said, yes. love each other, love your neighbor as I have as loved, loved you. you. Mm-hmm. As And that is what this feels like. This just... And watching this all unfold feels like God's love. And Ricky and Monica have been able to tap in. I mean... <laughs> they, they seem like <laughs> angels to me, dropped from heaven. <laughs> yes. I'm sure they have their stories and their and their hard moments too. But how they have been able to live out that concept of loving others as Christ has loved them.
1: Yes, and turning them into a family. Uh, as you were like quoting uh, this part from scripture, I can also rem- remember the f- the the part where we are told that the world is going to know us. By the love that we mm-hmm. have between each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was why Rick felt I remember hearing him saying the commitment that I have with them is the same kind of commitment that I have with my own family. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just that I wanna help, it's not just that I wanna provide, is that I wanna be committed to them mm-hmm. and their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, incredible. So we got to we got to witness this and kind of peel back some of the layers and start to have face to face conversation excuse me, just for a couple hours on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the, the family had other things. They went and served in an <laughs> orphanage together, the 11 of them. And then they're, I know they're working on some adoption reform in the wow. country of Ecuador. I That's mean, cool. really just some movers and shakers. But we were able to come back together on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, Ricky said, um, Natalia, our goal is that you would have no physical needs you would have no physical you would have no physical needs left while we're yes. still in the country and then our hope and our goal is to continue this through correct channels and through accountability and and all sorts of things through equals h um, as we move forward and so they had gone and we'd already talked about sheets and towels but yes. had brought clothes had brought shoes bought uh, ricky said he just It was like Christmas for him. He was having the best time um, going into a variety of stores and buying uh, balls and toys and coloring books and pencils and pens and and backpacks and, and all sorts of just gifts to be able to meet any need that this family might have. Now, those of you who listen to to equals h and um, or have been a part of any of our programs down here know that we take really seriously yes. the concept of giving and receiving, and that teams that come down, we say, hey, you just you can't show up and just start giving gifts to people that like that's not okay, <laughs> um, and there is a lot behind that, and maybe if we haven't unpacked that, and yes. we um, we will unpack that in future uh, episodes, but really the goal is we stand in, um, we have that posture because if you have no relationship with somebody, short-term mission teams come into the church, they don't, there's no relationship person to person and they just start giving out things, then we can inadvertently teach some bad habits like, hey, make friends with the gringos and you get stuff or try to kiss up to the leader of the team and you'll get the best things that are handed out. Like, and that's the it just feels gross saying those things like that's the antithesis of of who we are as a program how we deal with relationship and we spend a lot of time setting up authentic relationship trying to peel back some of the cultural layers helping people understand um, the depth of how important an authentic equal playing field relationship is mm-hmm. So, as I review this story and think of just this Christmas morning of <laughs> gifts coming yes. into the church, I was like, "What is the difference um and And the difference was that there is relationship it's just starting, yes, but this was kind of a a down payment of authenticity
1: absolutely does yes. that make sense yes absolutely and and
0: I would love to to tease this out in all sorts of ways and and personal conversation with anyone who is having a struggle with that. But there was a way to say, hey, we're not just kind people. Like God has done all of these things. These gifts are not from us. They are from him. It, It is ridiculous to think that strangers would bring you this much stuff. And the only reason that we have done this is because God told us to. Because God loves you, Natalia, that much, and God loves your children that much. And they, and Monica and Ricky and their kids were really specific in being able to express that and to say that over and over and over again. And this whole story is just mind boggling to me and amazing, miraculous, and all the words Absolutely. that we keep yes. saying. But the, it's not just what happened to Natalia and her kids. Mm-hmm. It's what has happened to all of us around as we see how each person was lined up in the right place at the right time to weave this story together. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: No, absolutely, yes. <laughs> I, like, I thought
0: you were just uh, saying no no, no. no,
1: no, yes. The thing is that for all of us that were there and for anyone that can listen to this story, it's very evident where the fingerprints of God were, mm-hmm. right? But being able to see that, And for everyone else that was involved to recognize it. Mm -hmm. I've heard Natalia saying a lot of times, God is doing that. God brought you here. God gave me this dream. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm Monica and Ricky said, God has put this in my heart. You know, like we were all saying that and we were all not just seeing it. We were all recognizing what she was doing. And
0: this whole time, y'all, I have had my Episcopal filter up and on. (laughs) Like, I'm like, what? (laughs) What is going on? I'm not sure. Yeah. But the longer I'm in relationship with Monica and Ricky and Natalia and seeing all these pieces fit together, the the more confident I am in just the amazing, amazing people that they are, but that they, the living out of loving others as Christ has loved us and being that firm example. It's just been incredible.
1: It's been beautiful.
0: We're, we're not at the end of the story. We're still in the middle of it. We yes. we don't know yes. what the next chapters are, but we'll we'll keep you informed. The um, dear listeners, we'll keep you informed as it continues to unfold. But we really wanted to share, e equals H is not the protagonist in this story, but Absolutely. we get to be a part of this life turning um, from ashes to beauty, the very first steps of coming out of really, really hard, dark, deep, difficult Um Places um, and seeing how God is responding. And again, Monica, I think I said this in the in the first episode. Monica's <laughs> words of, "That's the God I serve. Yes. My God would do that for one person, and my God is doing that for one person. Doing that for Natalia mm-hmm. and her two kids. So I guess it's for three people. Yes, for three actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a little bit about what's going on in Education Equals Hope. Uh, we'd love for you to continue to partner with us financially. We can't do any of um, any of the micro scholarships without the funds to do that. So please go to educationableshope.org, hit the donate now button to be a part of the Education Hope team and support young people like these two refugees, two children, refugee children we've been talking about, and 320-some children here in Ecuador.
1: Thanks for listening to this amazing story and another episode of our Hopecast and please uh, join us in whatever we're doing so that we can keep on bringing hope to many others.
0: Ciao! Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.